Welcome to Machine Learning. Web is dead and mobile is in. Mobile's the new range. And uh, companies are still holding on to the idea that people are using laptops and desktops to do the bulk of their ordering. Um, but if you do a study on A-B testing and uh, one of the reports that, uh, or articles that I read, um, said, stated that uh, in their analysis, they found that a company that was selling retail e-commerce experienced a 17 to 20% increase in their sales as a result of uh, providing a mobile app on their uh, downloadable on their web page. And, uh, and so you look at the, uh, between the 2017 to, or 2015 to 2017, you know, look at the different uh, introduction of uh, mobile devices from LG to Android to uh, iOS, iPhone, and the screen sizes are getting bigger. And uh, I, re I had a uh, iPhone, it was uh, five for a long time and uh, ran out of hard drive space. I was recording my karate and I just it just wouldn't hold the, enough videos. And so, you know, I upgraded to, uh, <clears throat> I think it was to a six and uh, got a little bit more hard drive space. And now uh, I've got so many photos and, and uh, videos that I've, I've filled up this device and I'm like thinking, you know, the next one, I want to have a bigger screen and more hard drive space. So, uh, devices are getting bigger, and as a result of the device screens getting bigger, more people are willing to do their e-commerce transactions on the mobile device on the move. So, <clears throat> you know, you don't have to go sit down on your laptop or or surface uh, to make your e-commerce uh, purchases. And with augmented reality, things are going to change. You know, you're, you're not going to be so confined to the to a particular device. Uh, you're going to be able to, if you have something like Google Glasses or some sort of holographic capability, or even uh, let's say holographs don't come in yet, uh, but you know it's possible that someone could build a mobile holographic system. And when they do, that's going to be really big because that'll that'll allow you know this uh, kind of interaction, like a Jarvis interaction, uh, with your digital 3D world. <clears throat> so uh, uh, that that will be a very disruptive technology. Virtual reality that is going to require a headset, so that, you know that's going to be a little bit more challenging to uh, convince people to go out and buy a. Five hundred to seven hundred dollar virtual reality set. So, you know, there's there's got to be an innovation in that arena where things that are in the real world uh, can easily be integrated into the digital world. Um, and so, purchasing over VR is not as exciting to me as augmented reality. And augmented reality is not going to be nearly as good as some sort of holographic technology. So uh, that doesn't exist at this point. 
I, I did see some holograms where they used uh, low power lasers and I don't know if they had a, a form of gas and they had glass panels and and they were able to they were saying that you know this is going to be fantastic because there you know you could have 3d visualization interaction with the digital world and it's in the physical world that you can see so you don't have to put on a headset or special glasses to, to see your 3d object and visualize it and interact so uh, you know once that that world becomes more prevalent then and I anticipate that that should happen within uh, the next uh, few years um, you will have more interactions that are going on in the digital world and it's going to be not uh, it may be more mobile specific and so maybe these mobile devices will have these increased capabilities and features because of the usability is so high and once that occurs then you know there'll be more e-commerce purchases uh, done through mobile purchasing so not as only does AB testing indicate that mobile is very important that it's the new rage in uh, the new rage is what I call it but uh, the, you know that uh, there's an introduction of a large variety of handheld devices now from uh, Galaxy uh, I really like their Galaxy handheld tablet to LG um, to iOS and uh, you know you see a small number of handhelds in the Windows world I don't understand why Windows missed that market so badly and uh, why they haven't adapted to something like Swift uh, UI you know Swift UI has a great looking interface it just continues to get better uh, the user experience is getting better and uh, you know Windows does only works on a Windows operating system it doesn't it's not cross-platform to uh, Linux or to these other uh, devices that I'm aware of so that brings in the introduction to flutter and uh, flutter is capable of going cross device iOS uh, Android and it can handle multiple resolutions and so uh, I think that 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 uh, tool is just going to become more and more popular uh, I haven't seen a large number of jobs for flutter seeing more action on the Swift UI and I think the reason why the Swift UI is so popular is just because it's uh, uh, you know it's object-oriented language it's uh, uh, program protocol type of language uh, a lot like uh, Python in many aspects you know where you can do uh, decorators and you can set up you know just functional function calls that do specific things and uh, you can also break things up into modules and you can do classes and class inheritance and um, it has a, a C-sharp like language, very similar, I think, to C-sharp. I would actually call it, I'd say uh, SwiftUI is more similar to PowerShell in terms of its syntax and, and usability and, and uh, the ternary operators and uh, things like that. <clears throat> so I have been toying around with the idea which one uh, 
of the mobile applications I should focus on, whether Swift UI or, or to concentrate on uh, Flutter. And I'm thinking of Flutter just because, uh, you know, I like the, the Dart language. It's a really great programming language. I like the uh, Flutter architecture. I like the support that Google's giving for Flutter. And it'll just be interesting to see if a really great tool emerges because um, as good as it, you can get at writing script in Visual Studio Code and then you know running your uh, running your code in a, either a local server or on deploying to a web server, it still takes cycles of time. And I want something that's faster, more helpful. And uh, you know helps me increase my productivity. So it's all about productivity, um, and I, you know maintainability and readability. You know one one of the great thing about Python is that it is so maintainable. Uh, it's very scalable in terms of libraries. There's lots of innovation that's going on. Uh, you know things that were complicated and hard to do are being reduced down into simpler ways through either. Uh, uh, language construction capabilities or new APIs or you know better ways of new libraries for visualization and um, you know that richness and that environment is drawing lots of developers into that world I, for a long time I was a C-sharp developer and still am and uh, you know enjoyed the world of C-sharp, which is, you know, a very robust and large world. But I just look at Python and I look at how easy it is to do complex things with, you know, like, especially with pandas and, you know, and uh, groupings and aggregation and visualization. And you just like it. it. It works. It's easy to use. You can grab Jupyter Note or, yeah, Notes and put it in there. Or uh, one of my friends recommended uh, PyCharm. And I was like, well, why did you use PyCharm? And he's doing a lot of stuff with Redshift and Snowflake and, uh, and uh, Hadoop and things like that. And so, you know, he's in the big data arena. And I imagine he's doing something with Java because, you know, it's, uh, PyCharm is, is a, uh, runs by JetBrain. It's created by JetBrains, and uh, usually when you use JetBrains, is some sort of uh, Java that you're you're integrating with. So, you know, the world of Java, um, I like it. You know, C Sharp and Java are a lot alike, and uh, you know, I like the the C Sharp syntax and the inheritance uh, constructs. <clears throat> but uh, you know, it. Uh, uh, Java's uh, another object-oriented language, and and uh, became popular by Bill Joy and uh, Sun Sun Systems, Sun Microsystems, and uh, you know I remember when Java first came out. You know it was a small book like C, you know, from Ritchie and. Uh, when it was first introduced, I, I read it and I was like, "Wow, this, you know, just this, this basically just C, C plus plus, you know, that uh, converted to an interpretable language called Java." 
And, uh, you know, at first it was run, run kind of slow. And then uh, they found ways to convert the Java into C so it would run faster and, uh, and on the server. And so the, you know, the barriers of speed were reduced. And then because of his uh, very flexible language, uh, lots of people liked it. And then the li more libraries got converted to Java. And so you got a rich ecosystem started. And I would say that's exactly what's happened with Python. You know, if you look at the uh, you look at the growth of Python. You know, it it's uh, it it used to be Perl and and C and C plus plus and taught at universities. And now I'm, I'll bet if you look at universities, it's probably JavaScript and Python are the dominant uh, languages being taught. And uh, maybe a little bit of C-sharp uh, in some of the advanced classes. So, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the world of augmented reality. Uh, A-B testing, very important. What you're doing is taking two, two or more variables, comparing them. You have some... Uh, variable for measuring the performance and then you're you're looking to see which one performs the best and uh, it can be tied to time series your population is randomly selected so you have a group of users um, you know and they could be and you're looking for things that uh, relate to either a conversion rate or uh, some sort of adoption rate like number of click-throughs or and then you're asking uh, certain key questions with A-B testing, you know, like uh, what do you want to do? What do you want to buy? Uh, what, uh, what do you, where do you want to go? Uh, things like that. There's you know, usually four or five questions that, that your uh, website should answer. And then the speed to reduce down the information so it's easier. For the user to answer those questions or to find out places to do so you don't want to have all five questions in one area you want to have it easily defined you know like if I want if I'm uh, you know looking for a restaurant I want to be able to where do I want to go you know uh, if I if I'm buying a, a, a business shirt I'm, what do you want to buy and and I want to answer that question quickly I want to navigate quickly to those areas, and then I want to be in the context that tells me that I'm in that type of uh, environment. So, uh, uh, web is dead, and and mobile is in. And if you don't believe it, go study the data.